Welcome to Ministers Talking Sh**, a weekly program where Rev Briz and Rev Z and their guests chat about current affairs, world events, spiritual principles, and any old sh** they want to talk about. Based on the new thought philosophy and ancient wisdoms, Ministers Talking Sh** shares a visionary perspective of the evolving spiral called spiritual living. Join us each week as we explore the emerging paradigm of life on planet Earth and beyond. And good morning, dear ones. Rev Briz with you over here. Rev Z right here. And we are a couple of ministers talking shit. And we do this every Friday morning here on the New Thought Media Network, right at 7 a.m. Mountain Time. And it's an opportunity for us to look at, you know, hey, what's been going on this week? What's up in the news? What's up in our lives, in the world, and maybe your life? And try to make a little spiritual sense of it all. So, um, First up today, oh my gosh, our hearts, prayers, love, compassion. Uh, I wish I had a private jet so I could just fly to Miami and go to work. Yeah. If you haven't heard, um, not overnight this night, but yesterday, uh, a, an apartment complex, an apartment tower in Miami collapsed, or at least half of it did. Um, Z, you were looking at the numbers this morning. I know they, they increased the death count to four um, right. people that have made their transition at least. Um, yeah. and, this, and this is just, a, I didn't hear about this until midday, late yesterday afternoon kind of thing. And it's just a horrific story to have to deal with. Um, we want to raise up a lot of, a lot of love and a lot of prayers to a lot of people today. Yeah, yeah. Last thing I saw, they said like 150 something people still missing. I mean, a number. I've heard different numbers. I heard from 99 to 159 or something like that. But whatever the numbers are, it's tragic um, to see that you know a building has collapsed and people have lost their lives and and uh, you know now the investigation goes into how how did this happen? What was the cause of the whole? 12 story structure to pancake on itself. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, we, we definitely send our well wishes and prayers to everyone involved, the first responders who are there trying to, uh, trying to find lives and bring them out. And, you know, they did find a one 10 year old boy alive, which I mean, in my mind is a straight up miracle. Uh, you know, when you look at that, you, 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 you gasp because you're like, how, you know, you look at it and you and, and you think the worst. Um, right. So we we what pray and hope they find some others, and and we send condolences to everyone who's involved with that. Yeah, yeah, definitely one of those tough stories. I was watching the coverage a little bit yesterday. There's a, one of those images, and the the apartments obviously cut in half, and there were bunk beds. And we all know what that means. <laughs> and it was yeah. just like, oh yeah. gosh. And um, and we pray those they got out. We pray that the that the death toll doesn't have to go higher. Yeah. Um, and 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 you know one of the things that 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 touches me every time these kinds of things happen is that 
you know, we see whatever the number is, but we know that that number of individuals who've been impacted directly, you know, 100, 10, whatever, that number is multiplied by, you know, 50 in terms of the other people, family that are involved directly, the first responders yeah. and how it begins to change our perception of life, no matter what the situation is. Um, and so, you know, uh, I, it, for me, it's always, these things are always indications or, or always opportunities for me to dig deeper into my heart and say, you know, how do we, how do we deal with these things in life? How can I be a positive force and how can we uplift everybody to deescalate, raise love and, and that whole thing? Although this was, you know, a different kind of story with the building collapse, but it just opens me up like that. And we don't we don't know if there's neglect there. We don't know if it's just it's 40 years old. It's on a beachfront. It's been hammered by hurricanes, all those things. Um, and <clears throat> I agree with what you're saying, Z, right? We come to that point where it's more important to do the right thing than it is to do the money thing. It's more yeah. important to be with people than it is to get something accomplished. It's more important to support each other than it is to get to the job or get an extra 10% off my TV, whatever it might be. Yeah. There's more thing, more imperative, more, impre more important things um, to steal your favorite line, right? Life is prime. Prime. Um, prime. And that's important. Now, it wasn't all bummer news yesterday, though, folks, this week. It wasn't all all bummer news. Uh, well, maybe it is for some. I, I think the news yesterday was probably a bummer for Rudy Giuliani and his family. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Giuliani. Uh, and I, I actually heard a really interesting commentary about this yesterday. Um, I listened to more than a few of those political pundits that have these wonderful YouTube shows now. And I'm not going to tell you which because I'm not here to promote them. But the point the guy made was when he was a kid growing up in New Jersey, Rudy Giuliani was a hero. And I'm going to agree with that. I grew up in New Jersey, New York. Rudy Giuliani was a good guy. He, he was trying to affect change. He was trying to at least it, it always seemed like that. Now, maybe I was just a naive kid. Right. But it seemed like. Julie wasn't just another, Rudy wasn't just another one of those hack politicians. Unfortunately, now it would appear that the appellate court of the Supreme Appellate, the appellate Supreme Court of the District of New York would think otherwise and have suspended Rudy's law license. And he is no longer, he is currently suspended from practicing law in the state of New York. Um, he is also licensed in Washington, D.C., and what I understand is Washington, D.C. is immediately informed when something like this happens. There's a really good chance Rudy Giuliani is going to be disbarred wow. and held accountable for, for his personal choices. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and, and you know, uh, you know, Giuliani has has a, a storied history mm -hmm. uh, because I I'm, I was living in New York when Giuliani became the mayor of New York in the 80s during the crack epidemic. 
when when you're a little uh, older than I am, and I was younger, and I was a little younger and a whole lot whiter living in Jersey. So here it is, folks. Right, this is how it. This is how we get to how it happens. How you get the perspective. So right. I was living in Harlem uh, when Giuliani was, uh, you know, in office and attacking the crack epidemic in New York City. Um, when they increased the police and the stop and frisks and, and uh, that whole episode of his career. And then you take that and you go all the way up to the, to the tw twin towers, you know? So if we go through that history, there is, there is uh, ups and downs like there are in all lives. But right. when I look at some of the tactics that were used in, in Harlem, and I had, uh, I had uh, friends who were officers on the police force during this time. Some of that stuff was questionable as, and, and to, as to the way they went about doing things. Now, you know, I'm not, I don't even want to begin to go down the whole crack epidemic thing and how that, you know, how that unfolded. That's, all, that's the episode right. unto itself. But, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it. I can say this, that there were a lot of places in Harlem that were crack houses, crack dens that they went in and emptied and whatever. And now those buildings have been sold to people who weren't a part of that community. That's a fact. Uh, and so, and so, you know, I don't know if there's any plan design. I'm not saying any grand conspiracy. I'm just telling you what I know because I lived there when it happened and it is a different uh, opinions about how how Giuliani did as a mayor how from a black mayor. perspective. There you go, exactly. And and see, folks, these are the conversations we got. We've got to have more and more and more across America. Um, we've got to be able to to look at these things and um, <laughs> with a critical eye. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're going to get to that word in a little bit here today too, folks. That's a whole episode <laughs> on itself. But we've got to we've got to learn how to look at what's going on in the world um and accept other perspectives and be open to other people's perceptions of what's going on or what happened or what didn't happen. Mm -hmm. That I know I've been guilty of it in the past and and it hurts when when any conversation gets to somebody saying, no, you just don't get it. Like, no, you just don't get me. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Z gets it. We just get it from a different viewpoint. Right. We're on opposite si other sides of the river, from, from, of a river from each other that seem to be, wor and were, mm -hmm. and were, and were worlds apart. Because yeah. a guy like me, I didn't go to Harlem. Not unless I had some, not unless I was escorted, not unless I was invited, not unless somebody was taking me somewhere to see some guy like me that wasn't, no. So I couldn't possibly have the same perspective. Right. To honor that, to be open to that, to say, I am willing to let my mind be changed by new information. Now, to me, that's the philosophy we live. Exactly. And, and, and that's why dialogue, conversation, open to open at the top, if you will, because no one can be 360 on a situation 
unless you're hovering above it, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so, because the different perspectives is what allow us to uh, to get a full understanding or better understanding with more information. So when we see now these different topics about race and social justice and equity, we've only been presenting these things to the general public from one perspective. And if we, even if it's wrong, if we present it long enough, it becomes the prevailing idea. And we hold that as a standard, even though it's not because there's, you know, let's say there's, 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 a, you know, you're only getting one fourth of the perspective. There's another three fourths that you have no idea about. And so we have to begin to uh, have citizens involved and, and everyone gets involved. That, that was, you know, something we talked about before in terms of that that situation that just happened down in South Carolina with two brothers who were arrested or something. Yep. Um, it's a woman. Uh, a woman saw a police car pulling over another car in a gas station. Two young black men. So she pulls out her phone and starts a Facebook live and records and broadcasts the whole incident, which I think is, is, is fabulous right now. <clears throat> I think it's fabulous that she did this. I think it sucks that people of color have learned, have been trained, however we want to say it to immediately have to document everything they see by the, in a police stop. Right. And, and I applaud that we're doing this because we're finally shining some light on the aggressive tactics. The And this is a physical altercation that goes way too far by the police for nothing. They, they pretty much got the guys. They know the guys aren't hiding any guns that they, they pulled them over for quote weed um, and the whole experience gets way too violent. Again, it has rarely ever been my experience that the first thing I do when I see a traffic stop is pull out my camera and start filming. But I'm telling you, that's what's going on from now on. And white folk in this country, we especially if you see a traffic stop with a person of color, I don't care how late you are to pick up the kids. I don't care if your latte is going to get cold. Pull over, pull out your phone, and start filming. I believe a non—I believe this is a non-violent form of holding the police accountable because this is another one where it just got—it's gone too far. Yeah, yeah, and. In a minute, I'm going to tie this into, or in a few minutes, uh, we'll tie this into our main story of the day because we haven't even gotten to our main story <laughs> of the day. Um, but but let's unpack this one a little bit, Z. Right, a um, couple of young black guys, and and it's not like they're in the wrong place. They're in their relatively in their hometown. They get pulled over. A couple of. Uh, few white cops start saying this, that, the other thing. And from what I can see, these two young men are like, no, 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 wait a minute, man. No, that ain't us. I did. I had an And then that's immediately construed as, okay, sick them. Right. Let them have it. Right. Well, you know, you know, part of the challenge that, that, um, 
officers have a thought pattern of, right? Is that when they stop you and they ask you to do something, they expect you to comply, right? Pull over, cut off the car, take the keys out, da, 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 whatever the deal is, right? But now too many people have found that they've done that and they still found themselves in dire situations. So right, right wrong, or indifferent, the, the, the ability to comply with the officers is not always going to be received openly. And then the officers at that point sometimes thinks, okay, you're challenging my authority. I am in the authority to do this. You're challenging it. And then if that officer who theoretically is in control because he is the law enforcement and we, we, we respect law enforcement, but if he goes beyond that and gets personally, feels personally attacked just because we're into a verbal conversation, then that's another ball game. And that's what happens often with, with, with young, uh, young people in general, black people specifically, is that they have seen the different things and taxes that have used. And, the, and so now they're either afraid or they, you know, they may be brazen. That's what kids do. Uh, and the law enforcement officers should be trained to talk that down or, or, or bring that escalation back down. And it doesn't happen. And so, it, it, again, you know, th th there was a there was an old uh, a Richard Pryor joke where Richard Pryor was saying, you know, the officers are in in the other neighborhood. They're not in our neighborhood. So when when they're in the white neighborhoods, they high officer Timpson. You know, they when when they're in the black neighborhood, it's like run. It's not high officer Timpson, and and that that persists till today. Yeah. I would agree. Yes. Right. Again, as white kid, you were taught, yeah, just do what he says. You'll be fine. Yeah. I, I've never had to have the talk with my kids and I'm sure you have had with yours. Um, we've had taught, right. We've had, other, but my talk would generally be, look, you're a white kid. Comply. Do what he says. Yeah. The worst that's going to happen is you end up in jail, and then you call me, and we'll figure out how to get you out. Right, but you don't fight. You don't fight. You don't resist. <clears throat> you, don't, you don't push. You don't argue. Uh, and but I can only. I but uh, I know me too, and I know my sons. <laughs> and if you tell him the sky is blue is yellow, and he looks up and sees the sky is blue, he could tell you that you're full of shit. <laughs> and unfortunately, I don't, most officers take that as. Okay, well now we're now it's on. It's on. Now it's on. And and I'm big and I'm bad and I'm trained for this and I'm going to yeah. use this. Yeah. yeah. And oh. and so you know again you know we talk about this all the time you know again it, it just drop that spiritual perspective on it. Everything is connected, right? There there are no isolated incidents in the universe. Nothing just happens isolated by itself in a vacuum. And so the more these kinds of things happen, the more people. Are, are not able to begin to see the uniqueness and connectedness of everything, these things begin to spiral out of control until they become a problem. And then we want to come up with the werewolf scenario. We want a silver bullet just to kill that one thing and think it's going to solve all the problems. But it's it's everywhere now. You can't just, you, you need more than that one bullet approach. I hate that analogy. Uh, no. But that, that, you know, the, the the that one approach to solving the problem 
is not going to work anymore in a complex world that we're living in now. Exactly. Hey, uh, Linda, we're with you, girl. <laughs> Applying the science of mind principles to current events, especially disasters and quarrelsome political discourse, is often, I don't even say usually, is almost always challenging for me. Um, and, and that's why we have each other. That's why we have programs like this. It's also why we have friends and colleagues. And I'm sure Z would share the same thing. I'm on the phone almost every day with a colleague that we're, we're, we're kind of hashing something out. And whether they called me or I called them, it, there's always, we've got to process through it. We got to be able to, sit, to get out of the immediate emotional impact that happens mm -hmm. to look. Now, I was taught when I came into this movement to look for the collateral good. We've discussed earlier how some of these events will affect the generations around us and the family, and there is a there is that collateral trauma that happens in the in horrific events as well. The 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 trauma, the collateral trauma, is almost immediately visible. Yes, and and we know how to deal with those things. We create a memorial and or where people can go and mourn and, and express their grief and let it out. It's not quite as easy to see the collateral good or celebrate the collateral good in the short term. We have to wait for that to happen for a while. Right. right. It, it's like the, it's like the old saying cause and effect are not always closely related, you know, right. uh, you know, you stick your hand in fire, that's immediate cause and effect. But you look at, you know, some other planning, growing a plant, right, yeah. that, that may take uh, a little bit of uh, time. You don't see, you don't plant the tree today and you see oranges tomorrow. Right. There may be a year or two before you see oranges. And that's how, you know, we have to begin to think. We, we spoke about this one before that in a lot of Native American traditions, they're, they're their council has a, a thought pattern that it how will this decision affect five generations from now? Yeah. Because they understand that there are no isolated events. It's yeah. going to affect. And, and so I need to try as best I can. What is the long range effect of this decision I'm doing right now? Yep, exactly. So here's our big news story of the week, folks. <laughs> if you haven't heard, and we've been dancing around, we've been trying to share some different stories today that I hope will open us to what we want to share because, because this is like probably the most intersectional story I've heard. This is more on more on ramps and off ramps than than a California freeway interchange. <laughs> on and it happened about less than a mile and a half from where I sit right now. On Monday afternoon in Arvada, Colorado, if you have not yet heard, um, a an adult male with a vendetta for for police purposefully created a situation by which he could ambush, lure, lure, ambush, and kill a police officer. In that exchange, uh, not only did a very well-beloved uh, 
school resource officer who was on summer patrol lose his life. The gunman lost his life. And it's believed that the gunman lost his life at the hands of a Samaritan is how the police are going to be uh, are describing this young, this man. This man was 40 years old. Our Samaritan is more commonly recognized as the moniker, a good guy with a gun. Unfortunately, because we're having a gunfight in the middle of a suburban city, the responding officer, the, the officers responding to the man down, the officer down call, this did not know the Samaritan was a Samaritan. And it now would appear that he died at the hands of a police bullet or at, at because of a police, an officer shooting. My heart, our, I mean, this was my, my children's middle school. This is not some far off police officer. This is not some abusive police officer. This is a 19-year-old veteran or 19-year veteran with an exemplary record and history in the force of public policing. He's not the Derek Chauvin guy. He's nowhere near that guy. And there's so many places that hurt Z. And there's so many places where this community wants to like you can feel the heaviness, the tension, the, the, the desire to explode. Um, we went down and put some peace cranes on the officer's patrol car because we created a memorial. The immediate collateral grief we know how to deal with. We create memorials. We have a candlelight last night. They, they, people. How I'm tired of asking how we solve this gun problem. I'm tired of trying to find a vision of how we move beyond this. I'm okay waiting 10 years for the collateral good, but how, how, what's next? The, you, the, these are the kind of calls we make to each other folks. Hey, somebody just shot up my town. How the hell do I, how do I see a spiritual good in this thing? Yes. 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 And 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 that's and that and that is that is the challenging spiritual question, right? Uh, how do I take these things and put them in perspective to not become totally jaded or become, you know, uh, someone recluse who just checks out of society or, or, or all the different ways, infinite <laughs> possibilities of how we can attract this, address this rather. And and I think, you know. From my perspective, having had my share of ups and downs in life and tragedies and so forth, you know, it has come to me that <clears throat> life is 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 this cycle. We always talk about the cycle of life, and in a cycle, there's always there's an up and down, no matter how you look at it. And and I think I know for me, and I think it could be a, a, a gateway for for others, is that death and tragedy are 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 happening in life every day, and based on our again our position to that, it affects us more or less. 
yeah. a death of somebody in your neighborhood, it, it, it affects me. But in this case, just as an example, your kids knew this officer as a school resource guy at their school. So they know the guy personally. I don't know the guy personally. Uh, I know you. I know your kids. So now I, my, my attachment, my understanding, my sentiments is a little different than yours. And, your, and even your kids are a little different than yours. Right. Vice versa, if that had happened in my neighborhood, it'd be just the reverse, right? And so our, our position, I think, in terms of a spiritual approach is, is that life happens. And when these things happen, it gives us, you know, I get back to my prime objective. We go back to life is prime. And then we begin to figure out how do we begin to comfort, to de-escalate, to educate, everybody so that these things happen less and less right and and yes. and that, and that's the beginning there is no there is no one solution to this there is no one again there is no one way to solve this problem or, or attack this perspective but we have to begin to understand the, the the ebb and flow of life and begin to figure out how we position ourselves within that ebb and flow how we communicate it, and how we console or educate those on the other side that might be a little more tragic than my perspective, I think. Yeah, good. Thank you. It's a tough If one. we had it, it is. <laughs> and if we had the laser answer, if we had the end-all, be-all answer, folks, we'd give it to you. Uh, the fun part is we're human, too. And we're going through this uh, just like you are. And this all happened Monday. And I'll say, I was sitting out back on my patio, had a cup of tea. I was writing in my journal. And, um, interestingly enough, I was, I, I'm reading a book about pay, being mindful and aware and all of a sudden, and I start to be aware there's a helicopter that been up, been up there for a few minutes now. It didn't just fly over and go somewhere. It's been up there for a few minutes now. Something's going on. And the next thing I know, there's two helicopters in the air and they're going around and around and around. What's going on? And it doesn't. We have within us the ability to be mindful enough to be aware of our surroundings, to stay safe, to stay secure and to affect change. And for me, I'm sure you can by now probably recognize for me, there is a, a, okay, this is enough. This happened in the street in front of one of my favorite restaurants. And I've sat at the window table with more than a few ministers um, that we would have had a, a literally a front row seat. That is enough. Yeah. And in, I'm, and for all of us. So wherever it is, wherever you might be in your life at a point of enough is enough, then that's where we do, that's where we take inspired action. Double down on your prayer work, call your minister, call your practitioner, get the prayer work done, figure out what's yours to do, and then go do that and go take inspired it. action. <laughs> go do it. And then yeah. go do it. Of course, Z, you know, the, the better we get at this, the, the more often we run over, it seems. Um, 
or at least the longer we do this, the longer we run, the more often we run over. Um, so why don't we let uh, folks get out of here, get into their Friday, and uh, and we'll wrap this up with some final thoughts. Yeah, I, you know, my final thought is uh, just what you said. I mean, I think you hit it. What's yours to do? And then do it. Find out what yours to do is on any situation, any place, and then do it. It could be offering a prayer. It could be lending a hand. could be both. But we have to figure out what's ours to do to create this harmonious family. And we know there'll be ebbs and flows. But we have to begin, as always, life is prime. How do we protect it? How do we save it? How do we encourage to be harmonious and equitable? Amen. And so it is. Thanks for being with us, folks. I'm Rep Briz. This is the New Thought Media Network. You have effectively invested another 30 minutes in learning a little bit more about the wild thoughts that go through these minister minds. Uh, we invite you to please invite your friends. Come back and join us again and again and again. We'll be back next Friday. Uh, the uh, Mama Power is up next with uh, Laura Topper live from the UK. And it's a Friday, so we've always got a, a whiz bang of a day in front of us. Uh, the morning sip with Rev. Melissa is up at eight o'clock mountain time, eight uh, or at 30 mountain time, excuse me, nine o'clock is Rev. Steph with Wake Up Say Thank You. I'll be back with the Global Heart Meditation at 9.30 and Rev. Skip with In the Flow is at 11 a.m. mountain time. So keep on keeping on and keep on coming back. Until Amen. next time, peace and blessings. Peace. Thank you.